0: You know, I believe that this is a year I'm going to put a lot more focus in working on uh, just being smarter financially. Working on getting the uh, debt paid off, getting the emergency fund built up, sticking with the consulting day job, even though it's not my favorite and most sexy thing that I do. I, I'm just grateful that God's blessed us with that, and so I'm going to keep doing that until I have, you know, the debt paid off and I have that emergency fund. Keep working on the business, keep growing new ideas, and pursue. So that's why I have wise friends like you and Kamanzi and Dan Franks and some others that I can uh, chat with to help me, you know, make sure I'm, I'm not wasting a lot of time and doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today, welcome back, Jody Mayberry. Jared, it's been too long. (laughs) <laughs> it has been too long, and, and Jody, you and I attempted, this was, oh, it was three or four months ago, we attempted Blab, that was kind of the, the cool thing at the moment, and we were all excited, because it's like, alright, Jody and I are going to do an episode of Star of the Doubts on Blab, we did it, and for some reason, the output, the recording from Blab, just, it wasn't good enough, and... My heart went out to you, Jody, because I was all excited about that episode, and I had to say, Jody, this isn't going to work, and, and you were gracious about it, and thank you.
1: Yeah, this is probably the first time we've talked since then. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> it's not the, time, not the first time you and I've talked since
0: then, but it's the first time we've uh, attempted a podcast since then. So I thought maybe you were mad at me, so thanks for not being mad at me.
1: No, it it went well other than the recording.
0: All right, so Jody, t- 2016 is upon us, and depending on when people listen to this, this actual recording is just after the new year, we're not even a week after the new year. And so, Jody, I thought it'd be nice if, if you and I could just have a chat and talk about 2016. Maybe we can chat a little bit about your 2015, and then um, what are some things that you're looking forward to this next year?
1: Well, 2015, let's start there. That was a good year, Jared. What do you think? I thought it went well. Man, I always look back and think it was something... That
0: that helps me to learn and get some additional experience. And I I would definitely say I'm wiser one year later. And if that's the worst case scenario, that's not too bad.
1: I've had some years that I look back and I think, well, gosh, I wish I could have that over. And I've looked back and I said, <laughs> well, I could have done better. But I look back at 2015 and I say, yeah, that's not bad. Well, that's a,
0: a healthy perspective. <laughs> but now I'm curious, Jody, if you, if, If you had the DeLorean and you could go back, you know, number one, why? But but if you could, uh, what do you
1: think you'd go back to? Which year would I go back to?
0: Yeah, let's start there. Goodness,
1: you know, I I actually had absolutely wonderful year the year after I graduated from college. I hit the road and lived out of a tent for three months and toured the West, and that was delightful. I won't say that was any better than now. It just was a lot of it was a lot different. There was a lot out in front of me, and that was just a darn fun year. So perhaps that. If I had to do something over again, that would be fun. <laughs> I,
0: I think if I had to answer that question, the first year that pops out to me, and I'm sure there's got to be a, a top five here. This was probably a whole nother episode. But I would say 2005, that was a year. In the beginning of the year, I was working overseas. I was in the UK. And ultimately got to come back home. I traveled. I got some awesome travel that year. Went to Korea and Japan. Went to, um, got to spend some time in Hawaii, which I'd, I'd lived there before. And that was ultimately the year that I ended up meeting Rachel, my wife. So yeah, I look back in retrospect and I think, man, that was a good year. And I was in a lot better shape. I was healthier. I was just, I, just, I look back and think, man, that was the year. So 2005
1: for me, Jody. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, in a few years from now... Jared, I hope when you get in that DeLorean, you want to go back to 2016 because it's going to be so great.
0: <laughs> but we've learned, Jody. I mean, you, you've had a lot of conversations with a lot of smart people this last year. And we've learned that, you know, it's, a, it's part of its intention and we have opportunities before us, but do we take advantage of them and do we plan, do we set those smart goals and come up with, you know, a strategy to pursue and accomplish what we want to do? So, Jody, I'm curious, 2016, what do you think is on the horizon?
1: Oh, Jared, there's big things. I'm going to do more podcasts. That's coming up. I'm declaring it now because I I will have to stick with it by publicly declaring it. But I'm going to have a book out this summer. So you you heard it here, Mm -hmm. Jared.
0: Wow. Now, you've entertained the possibility of a book in the past. So why 2016?
1: I can't come up with a good excuse anymore not to do it. (laughs)
0: Well, I want people to know this about you, and and you've mentioned this here and and there on on previous episodes of Star of the Doubts, but you do a lot of writing. It's just not writing that everybody reads, so I know you're writing to your kids, things like journaling. uh, You you have a reputation
1: in your inner circle for your Christmas letter. (laughs) What, What else? Yeah, well, that's true. I write every day, handwrite to my kids every single day. I've been doing that for over 10 years. And that the Christmas letter, and I use that term loosely Christmas letter because it (laughs) hasn't come out at Christmas for many, many years, but I do guarantee, I do guarantee it comes out before flag day every year. So,
0: (laughs) and for those that don't know, what is flag
1: day? It's sometime in June, June 15th, I think (laughs) Christmas in July. right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I do that. And then I, I do a lot of copywriting for other people. So newsletters, about pages, web copies, sales pages, that sort of thing.
0: So I hear that and I think, oh, you know, a book,
1: that should be a piece of cake for you. uh, yeah, you would think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I do hope so. So are you at liberty to talk about what type of book you are going to be working on?
1: There's a couple topics I am exploring right now. So I could tell you, and then it it may be something different, but 2015 was one of the years it was a big way for me is a few years ago, I went back to school and got an MBA. And then in 2015, I spent the entire year working with Lee Cockerell. We do Creating Disney Magic together and some other projects, and he is a tremendous guy. So I believe this is true that I have learned more working with Lee Cockerell than I did in business school getting an MBA. So I think that is perhaps right now what I think the book will be about on how a year with Lee Cockerell was more valuable than getting an MBA and then bring in some of the lessons and then have a section about mentorship towards the end of the book.
0: So let's talk about Lee for a moment because Lee is a connection that. Obviously, has been very valuable to you this last year, and you just admitted you know, you've learned so much from him, been a game-changing connection. And that connection started with an interview that you did on the Park Leaders podcast. So walk us through how you started a podcast called Park Leaders. That connected you with Lee Cockrell, former vice president of Walt Disney World, and now you're working kind of hand-in-hand in hand in with, with him, not just on a podcast, but with some other projects. It's just interesting to see that progression.
1: Yeah. Now, the Park Leader Show is a show for park professionals, park rangers. I used to be a park ranger, and I wanted to give back. I still view those as my people, so I wanted to stay involved and give back. So I started the Park Leader Show to do that. I kept hearing Disney as an example that parks could turn to to find out how to do some things better. So I thought, well, there's an opportunity. I can bring in someone from Disney. The only problem was I didn't know anybody from Disney. Hmm. But I saw on Amazon that Lee Cockrell had, at the time, two books out. And he ran Disney World for a decade. And I thought, well, here's somebody that has written a couple of books. Maybe he'd want to come and be on the, the show. Even though it's this tiny little show for park rangers, maybe he'd be interested. So I reached out to him. And had no idea at the time, but his sister-in-law had been a park ranger for 30 years. So there's an instant connection. He was happy to come on. <laughs> I don't know show. that I knew that. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, she retired as a superintendent, I believe, of Glacier Bay National Park. And he came on the show. It was tremendous. I had great feedback. I had a great time with him. And I thought, this is somebody people can really learn from. So... I reached back out to him and I said, Lee, I've had great feedback. Have you ever thought of having your own podcast? And he said, well, I'm I'm retired. I still want to feel retired. And there's some interest in it. You're not the first one to suggest that, but I just don't want any other work. And this wasn't my plan when I reached out to Lee and said that or asked if he ever thought of doing a podcast. But when he said, I'm interested, but I don't want any extra work. I said, (laughs) well, what if I do all the work? And that's how a partnership was formed. And when people ask Lee, how did you end up working with Jody? He gives a much simpler answer. He says, because he asked.
0: I love that answer.
1: And it's true. So that has
0: you know, obviously opened up the door for you to be a part of the Creating Disney Magic podcast, which you have, uh, as you mentioned, you've put in a lot of effort to make that and put that out there. And so what are some of the opportunities that have opened up since that decision to help Lee Cockrell host a podcast?
1: Well, first of all, the people I've got to meet through Lee have been tremendous, probably connections I wouldn't have made on my own. That has been very valuable. And also, I realized early on, if I'm going to work with someone like Lee Cockrell, I need to be the best I can be. And so I worked really hard to make that a great show, which I believe it is. And if you listen to it, hopefully you think it's great because of Lee and not because of me. But I have done a lot of background work to make that a great show. And some people have felt that the format of the show and the way we do it was pretty good. And so they've reached out to me and asked, can can we work together? And uh, I probably don't want to talk about any upcoming shows until they're out. But one show that has come out that was because of creating Disney magic was I'm the host of a show, Agents in Action, which is... Brought to you by Todd Smith. He's the star of the show, and I'm just a host, much like Creating Disney Magic. And Todd is a real estate agent, coach, and trainer, and his show is is great. He brings some wonderful content, but he just needed somebody to help him host it and get it live and and just help with the flow and keep it going, and, and that's what we do together. So we've teamed up for Agents in Action, and then I've got some other shows, hopefully uh, by say March, those will be coming out. But it, yeah, very interesting with authors, with uh, businesses. So that's something that, uh, here's one interesting part of that. That's nothing I planned. That was an opportunity that rose up and I realized I had a, a talent which was podcasting and some people needed help with that and they asked me for help and and I did it. So that was not a part of business I ever planned on doing.
0: Do you feel like in retrospect that Star of the Doubts may have played a small role in any of that?
1: Well, I've told you many times, Jared, I, I never would have got started <laughs> I'm fishing on that. I, I, <laughs> I know you are, and I'm going to throw you a bone. <laughs> when when I look back at podcasting, and I know you know this story well, Jared, that I contacted you. We were friends, and I contacted you and said, hey, I have somebody I think would be a good guest, which was James Woosley. We love James Wesley, by the way. And you said, I would love to have James on the show on one condition. You have to (laughs) co-host. And so I did. I came up with the questions and I co-hosted and I thought James was tremendous. And I thought I was awful and it didn't take long. You know, I co-hosted with you a few more times and I started to get the hang of it. And that was what led me to start the Park Leader Show, get the idea that, hey, these other avenues I was thinking about, maybe I should just do a podcast first. Because Park Leaders originally was just going to be maybe a blog about leadership and then maybe offer some training and that sort of thing. And I abandoned that idea and went with a podcast. So never would have happened without Starve the Doubts. And <laughs> I've had some wonderful times, interviews on... I've even... Had a couple times where you've turned the show over to me. Uh, for example, I interviewed Chris Gillibo and Todd Henry by myself on Star of the Doubt. So that was tremendous because I know that's like lending the keys to your mom's minivan to your friend.
0: Well, I, I can say this for the record there has never been anyone else in the history of Star of the Doubt, as many people has been on the show. There's never been anyone else that I've said, "Hey, would you, you know, kind of sit in and and take the reins for an episode while well, I'm I'm not available?" And you've done that on a few occasions now, and I, I just gotta say, man, I really appreciate that. So, and, and I think some of those episodes are probably some of the best ones, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. So, well, you know, kudos I, to you. I man. won't
1: tell you about the emails I got about how I should just take the show, but. <laughs> that, that's that's a different topic
0: and sometimes well, I, I probably sent two of those.
1: <laughs> sometimes i've brought in a friend to help out like jeff brown he did an episode with me that was a lot of fun Kamanzi and i have done some shows together so it's been yeah. a lot of fun
0: and then yeah to your point you've, you've just gotten bold and said hey i'm gonna do some solo stuff and i loved it i mean your episode with chris gilbo and the episode with todd henry i think are in my humble opinion two of the at least top ten episodes of the entire catalog. I mean those are really, really good shows. Great insights from those authors. And I, I thought you just you stepped up to the plate, man. And and then, you know, for someone who's seen you kind of transform starting from that episode with James Woosley way back in the day to where you are now where you're, you know, hosting every Episode with Lee Cockerell, and then you're also doing shows with other people now, and that's actually become a part of your business. It, it's uh, as your friend, I'm proud of you, man. I'm I'm excited to see how that has come about, and then you know you getting to speak at Podcast Movement this last year with Lee Cockerell on stage, like that to me is just like, hey, this this is what this is all about, and just appreciate uh, all that you've done to help start the doubts, and it's cool now to see you off and running and doing great things.
1: Well, thanks, Jared, and that is a tremendous story. I I never imagined that what a a year, I don't know the exact months, but a year after I start podcasting, I would end up on stage at Podcast Movement with Lee Cockrell, with all those wonderful people, including Bob Berg in the crowd. My goodness. When you look at the, how I started with that James Woosley episode and where it ended up, that's a pretty neat journey. You know, you look at that James Woosley episode and I didn't know any better other than to just blurt out the questions. You know, like, you would be having a good conversation, and then it was my turn for a question, and I'd be like, James, do you like peanut butter? that was about it.
0: Well, another interesting side note of the James story is from that conversation, which you thought you didn't do that well, he actually got an idea for his follow-up book, and he followed through with that, and he wrote Challenge Accepted, which is his second book, and it really started from that conversation that we did on the podcast. So it's kind of neat to see how you know, things kind of open up and develop.
1: Yeah, that's right. He he even mentioned that in the acknowledgments on, in that book.
0: <laughs> I, I'll share this real quick, Jody. I'm going to pat my, my own shoulder. My ego is, uh, is always in check with you, Jody. You know that. But this uh, <laughs> Caesar Abid, he was on the show. You, unfortunately, were not a part of that episode. But Caesar and I were talking about Frozen. And I made the joke about him and his daughter, like, recording a version of Love is an Open Door. And he just decided, hey, I'm going to do that. That sounds like a funny, good idea. And of course, that's when Frozen was blowing up and everywhere and people couldn't get rid of it. And he and his daughter go out in their you know, vehicle one day, the front seat of their van or whatever they have, and they record this hilarious version of the two of them basically singing that song, Love is an Open Door from Frozen. <laughs> and they posted it, or he posted it on YouTube. Well, what's so funny about that is probably about two or three months later, Disney put together a Frozen phenomenon type of documentary about the impact of the, the movie Frozen. And there was a scene in that documentary where it showed how some parents and some dads have bonded with their daughters. And they show the YouTube oh video of Caesar singing Love is an Open Door with his daughter. And I mean, millions of people watch this thing, and <laughs> I just as soon as I saw it, I because I was watching it with Lana and Rachel, I, I was cracking up. I was like, "That is an idea that came from Star of the Doubt. <laughs> and now this guy and his daughter, are all you know, all over you know everybody's TV, you know, on this documentary. So,
1: uh, that's uh,
0: great. I, I, I feel like it's had an impact, but maybe I'm just a uh, delusional.
1: <laughs> well, some other good things have come from Starve the Doubts. For example, coming up very quickly is a book launch.
0: Uh yeah, Jody, and, and you're not the only one with a book launch. So Kamanzi and I have one and, and we've mentioned it on the shows and stuff, but to be a part of this book with Kamanzi has just been an unbelievable opportunity and I obviously appreciate him being willing to take on that task with me and then Having the publisher pick that up. And it's just been such a great learning thing. And then, you know, we did the Kickstarter recently. For those that don't know, you can go to slash KS for a Kickstarter. And we did the campaign, we launched it. I private messaged probably 500 people on Facebook, Jody. I'm surprised I didn't get kicked off Facebook, but I, I privately messaged all these friends. And we had over 200 people come and support that campaign. And we more than doubled. Our initial goal on the campaign, and just thrilled and extremely humbled and pleased with the results of that. We still got two more weeks, so if you're listening to this now and you didn't know about it and you want to go check it out again, stopchasinginfluencers.com dot slash ks, or you can go ahead and support that book. But yeah, we're we're not even launched yet, which is kind of funny because we did a reader's advance copy of Podcast Movement this past summer. We're doing the Kickstarter now. Kamanzi's actually coming to Florida this next week. We're doing a book launch. Party, an unofficial book launch party. I guess it's unofficial, but the actual book is going to launch in February, which I think is interesting. So, yeah, it's still a wave. We're still riding the wave, man. It's kind of a fun thing to see how all this stuff works.
1: Yeah, I think it's great what you and Kamanzi are doing with that book. I read the first one. I say first one because I know you've made some changes to make the book even better, but I read the one that was at Podcast Movement last year and it was great book so have already supported on kickstarter so i look forward to that and i actually got to a little hang time with kamanzi he had a layover in seattle so i went over there and we went to the pike place fish market and kamanzi got to catch a salmon so i want everyone to know about that he caught a salmon without dropping it
0: and we- i saw the video <laughs> of that on facebook and i remember thinking i didn't even know the two of you were going to hang out so when I saw that, I was pretty excited that the two
1: of you got to sync up and, and make that happen. Well, we didn't tell you in case you were you got jealous.
0: <laughs> and aside from the jealousy. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because it's funny during when, I think it was the first day of the Kickstarter launch. I was out in Los Angeles in Pasadena area doing some work for my consulting stuff that I do in the day job. And I remember that evening, later that evening, it was the first day of the Kickstarter. No, we had the first day and we reached our goal in like seven plus hours. And so Kamanzi was in Panama, the country, and we got on a Skype call. We were talking about, you know, the campaign and just different things. And we got off the phone. The next day, we were kind of uh, messaging back and forth on Facebook about things related to the Kickstarter campaign. And um, I knew he was traveling back to Maui that day. So I asked him, hey, what, you know, where are you going to be or whatever? And he said, I have a layover in Atlanta. And then I asked him, "Where well, are you flying direct from Atlanta to Maui? And he's like, no, I actually have a layover in LAX. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I actually am flying out of LAX later today what time are you getting into LAX? And he's like, well, I'll be getting in at this time from Delta Airlines. And I was like, what terminal? What gate? Because I was like, I'm, I'm flying Delta Airlines. And it turns out, Jody, we were in LAX in the same terminal at the same time, not planned at all. We found out literally just a couple hours before he flew to LA. And that was one of the wildest, craziest things. <laughs> oh my! I mean, I, have, I don't know that that's ever happened to me. So, yeah, Comanze and I are hanging out at uh, LAX, and, and then if that wasn't enough, we actually ended up seeing another friend of ours named David Passara, who had just written an article for us in the, the Santa Monica paper there about stop chasing influencers. He was right there in the Delta Terminal, wow. too. Now, so, it was just like one of the most random days of my life, Jody. I'll never forget it. Did anyone throw a, a salmon at Kamanzi? Well, no, not, he wasn't in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I think he proved that he was capable of catching a salmon in Seattle, so nobody messed yeah. with him. But uh, that's just crazy. I've that, never had that
1: opportunity to catch a salmon, Joey. I'm
0: embarrassed to admit that.
1: Oh boy, it was. I was glad I was there for Kamanzi, but that is crazy that you two would just randomly meet at the airport in Los Angeles.
0: It was completely random, but we made the most of it. Got a chance to have dinner. He took me to the Delta Sky Lounge, which I had never been to before because I don't travel first class. Come on, he gets those opportunities. I don't get those yet, (laughs) but definitely had a good time visiting with him. Completely unexpected. And uh, now he's coming in town next week for the book launch party. So we're excited about that. And the publisher's coming down. We have friends that are driving down from Orlando and Tampa and other places. And I just think, man, there might be a day when Jody Mayberry and his family live in Florida, although that's (laughs) not
1: today. Oh my! Well, with the weather we've been having up here in the great state of Washington, it makes Orlando sure sound nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I hope uh, if you ever make that decision, I hope you uh, come on down, man. It'd be cool to have Jody Mayberry in the great state of Florida.
1: So, Jared, let's go back to our first topic, 2016. What can we expect from Jared Easley this
0: year? Well, you mentioned you—you you definitely mentioned the book, so appreciate that. And then um, Star of the Doubts is going to continue. I'm working on the book for Star of the Doubts. That'll be the follow-up book to Stop Chasing Influencers. And I had what I thought was a really brilliant idea for the way that was going to work. And I, I addressed it with a couple of people. They were kind of on the fence about it. Took it to the publisher, said, this is what I plan to do. And they just said, nope, <laughs> that's not the best plan. They gave me a number of really good reasons why. And so uh, I thought I was making some traction. Then I'm like, oh, no, actually, I got to kind of start over in a sense. A little bit humbling, but, you know, Jody, I'd rather um, do it right the first time. And, you know, if I have to pivot and make some adjustments, it's better to find that out before you launch, right? So at this point, it's kind of getting back to the drawing board, working on that framework and outline, and then working on that book. So I I anticipate that being something coming out later this year, or it will be written this year for sure. And uh, podcast movements in Chicago, hopefully uh, Jody's going to lower his standards and be a part of that again. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) Illinois is my motherland, Jared.
0: Yeah, that's right. You're originally from Illinois. You've, you've traveled to, to other cities and states, uh, nowhere near Illinois for much worse reasons. So I'm <laughs> hoping you can uh, go visit family and and then also stick your head in the door at Podcast Movement. And yeah, we're probably going to do another podcast cruise, it looks like. We're kind of starting to work through some of the ideas for that. And you know, I believe that this is a year I'm going to put a lot more focus in working on uh, just being smarter financially, working on getting the uh, debt paid off, getting the emergency fund built up, sticking with the consulting day job. Even though it's not my favorite and most sexy thing that I do, I'm just grateful that God's blessed us with that. And so I'm going to keep doing that until I have, you know, the debt paid off and I have that emergency fund, keep working on the business, keep growing new ideas. And, and, you know, my problem is I get the shiny monkey syndrome. I I get all these ideas and it's like, well, wait a minute. Just because you have good ideas doesn't mean all of them are good things to Pursue. So that's why I have wise friends like you and Kamanzi and Dan Franks and some others that I can uh, chat with to help me, you know, make sure I'm, I'm not wasting a lot of time and doing things that I shouldn't be doing.
1: Yeah, good. Well, like I said at the top of the show, this is going to be the year that in a few years from now you, you get in the DeLorean to come back to because it was so delightful. Well,
0: and, and the other thing is is health. So health's the focus. And, and my hope is uh, Jody and I will have this conversation next year and we can look back and say, what what happened in 2016? And I can say, man, I'm you know back to that uh, weight of when I met my wife. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to take a little bit of work, but it, you know I'm going to make that a serious focus this year.
1: Very good. Very good. Well, I do look forward to seeing you again at Podcast Movement. That is the really the only chance we get, or at least last year, it was the only chance we got to spend FaceTime together.
0: I anticipate a lot more of that though, Jody. You've become a really close friend. Definitely somebody that I like to get perspective from. And uh, yeah, I I guess if I had my own little private mentor circle, you're definitely in that group. So just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for being the friend that you've been and and helping with Star of the Doubts
1: and look forward to more chats with you this next year. Well, thanks. And you can also sometime between now and Flag Day, look forward to that Mayberry Family Christmas letter. (laughs)
0: Well, that that may need to be just a, a Star of the Doubts episode right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> is break down the history of the letter and then, you know, share the, the latest one because these things are pretty epic, right? It's not just a three-paragraph deal.
1: No, no, it's it's a couple of pages.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Jody, uh, happy new year and best wishes to you in 2016. Of course, we'll have you on the show throughout the uh, quarters and, and we'll figure out what's going on and look forward to seeing your progress and your wins, man.
1: Thank you, Jared. All right, Jody.
0: I just think, man, there might be a day when Jody Mayberry and his family live in Florida. Although that's not today.
1: <laughs> oh my! Well, with the weather we've been having up here in the great state of Washington, it makes Orlando sure sound nice.
0: Well, I hope uh, if you ever make that decision, I hope you uh, come on down, man. It'd be cool to have Jody Mayberry in the great state of Florida.
1: Jared, let's go back to our first topic, 2016. What can we expect from Jared Easley this year? Well, you mentioned you definitely mentioned the book,
0: so appreciate that. And then Star of the Doubts is going to continue. I'm working on the book for Star of the Doubts. That'll be the follow-up book to Stop Chasing the Influencers. And I had what I thought was a really brilliant idea for the way that was going to work. And I, I addressed it with a couple of people. They were kind of on the fence about it. Took it to the publisher, said, this is what I plan to do. And they just said, nope, <laughs> that's not the best plan. They gave me a number of really good reasons why. And so I thought I was making some traction. Then I'm like, oh, no, actually, I got to kind of start over in a sense. A little bit humbling, but you know, Jody, I'd rather um, do it right the first time. And if I have to pivot and make some adjustments, it's better to find that out before you launch, right?